Coca, sonarai, sonarai en ti. 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 Hello, hi, welcome to the another episode of the Mango TV podcast. Today I have my friend Louis Valotti. Louis Valotti is a shaman, spiritual guide, and visionary. He co-created the Genesis Holistic Medicine Protocol and is a medicine carrier of the elixirs of life. He was a student of Dr. Alberto Villoldo, initiated in the Cuero lineage of Andean shamanism. He offers a sacred space where he can explore the multidimensional layers and evolution of being with his clients. Welcome, Louis. Thank you, Giancarlo. I think, Louis, I'm very excited to have Louis because, um, as most of you know by now, Mango TV is about exploring big topic, um, but ultimately with the objective to improve people's lives um, with ideas and practices that can be integrated on day-to-day to live a more complete or fuller life. So I'm very excited to have Louis. Um, tell us a little bit um, about about your life. You know, I know you had a change of career. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit how that the change of career happened. Thank you, Giancarlo. My journey initially it starts, of course, when I'm born or uh, or incarnated, as I like to say. Um, I was born in a small town in the most northern part of Norway, a small town called Trumsa within the Arctic Circle. And um, I think I share the story that many share today. My story was apparently one of a difficult childhood, um, a loss of self and um, and struggling times as a young teenager. All this was, of course, part of my journey to, to be able to go deep within myself and, and come to an awakening. and. I had, I would say I had two great shifts in my life. The first one, it brought me from Norway um, to, to leave my life and, and my family and friends and, and the old self uh, to come to Ibiza and, and, and start a, a new path. And the second time was to fully align with the purpose of why I'm here in this life and, and to, to focus fully on my work of supporting myself those around me and, and the overall humanity in this great shift that we're going through. But specifically, there was um, you were working in hospitality before, right? And um, I'm just curious, what was the um, the cathartic moment or the um, the decision? I mean, usually this kind of shift in career are very gradual. But do you remember one more moment when I said that um, I don't want to do this anymore? I want to do something else. Do you remember that moment? So to be more specific there, I always I was living um, two, two lives. One was in hospitality and in, in concierge and, and, and real estate, um, a profession that suited me well. Um, but in my free time and in the evolution of my being, I was very much focused on working on holistic practices to, to further grow and evolve myself. So... I spent a few years um, 
working in different circles and ceremonies um, where I was introduced to, to working with certain medicinal plants. And after four years of, of this practice, there came a moment where I received a very clear message. Um, I like to call it a vision because it was spectacularly precise, detailed, and, and showed me a timeline that I was asked to step into. So this brings me back about five years from here, 2017. This came in uh, September, in, in autumn, and um, I was a bit shocked, but I understood that this was a, a long-term, a graduate uh, transition. And from there, I spent about six months to fully prepare myself mentally and physically to, to let go of my business, my profession, uh, a whole career to enable myself to step into this this vision yeah, yeah. And, and start working. I remember, on I remember you on your previous incarnation and you would be like you would have this encyclopedic encyclopedic knowledge on 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 plant teachers and uh, but so when you said that you had this two life and you know your successful uh, hospitality career but then you had a um, holistic practice for evolution so let's start there what um, what did it mean when you were working just for you let's say what was the can you describe the holistic practice for evolution so this starts with starts with a long journey of my own personal practice um, through my own experience and and through the teachings of many great teachers that I've had the honor of of sitting with. Uh, these holistic practices they were an evolution of an understanding, you can say, an, a dynamic evolution that is still happening today. Um, after I made my transition, once I started to implement the vision of what was to become Genesis Holistic Medicine, these practices, these tools, these teachings, they were created under the foundation of what I call the three core principles. And the three core principles, they are designed to marry the modern science of the West and the ancient wisdom of medicine from the East. They are the biocellular upgrade, which is the first principle. It is rooted purely in Western science of cell biology and epigenetics. The second principle is called self-inquiry. It is a principle that bridges modern psychology with, with Eastern philosophy to create a comprehensive, holistic form of psychology so we can inquire deep into ourselves. And the third principle is called deep mind technology. And deep mind technology or DMT, as it stands for for short, is uh, is energy medicine. It is the the marrying of energy medicine with our allopathic Western systems. Um, when I say energy medicine, primarily we're talking about Chinese medicine and Andean shamanism. Okay, so let's let's unpack a little bit the three points because not everybody is um, familiar with this term. So. The first one is uh, Western science about uh, epigenetic. Um, can you explain what does it mean? So the first principle, the biocellular upgrade, it takes about 100 clinical studies from the last 10 years 
and it incorporates these studies into a protocol to transform and rebuild the body. So what we know today within epigenetics is that we've learned that the degenerative disease, the epidemics of cancer, Alzheimer and autoimmune disease is primarily caused through a mutation of our genome from for various uh, environmental and um, and reasons of our modern society. So the biocellular upgrade it approaches this problem by creating a protocol that can eliminate all the substances, food or environment that causes this mutation and then introduce epigenetic techniques such as specific plant-based diets, breath work, intermittent fasting, and also cold water therapy. And we bring in this symphony of, of, of tools and techniques to radically inform the body and the genetics, the gene expression of the body, to switch on the essential proteins to be able to detoxify, uh, rejuvenate, and also activate stem cells and the production of new cells and neurons so you physically can build a new body. Interesting. So a cellular upgrade. So let's repeat the, the four um, practice you mentioned. Certain specific plants... Um, cold uh, cold plunge, cold shower, exposure to cold water, intermittent fasting. Bre- breath work is breath. the force. Okay, that's very interesting. And I love the fact that you call them symphony because they're probably well integrated and work together like a like an orchestra. Okay, that's the, cellar, the biocellular upgrade. Then the second big uh, point is um, integrating uh, west with east. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, so when we talk about the biocellular upgrade, we're we're repairing the body. We're repairing the the the, the physicality of the body, tissue, cells, organs, etc. Um, and in an approach to achieve a holistic health, we move from the first to the second principle, which is self inquiry, which is a, a new form of psychology. Mm-hmm. Here we incorporate different aspects from modern psychology, psychology and we bridge it with the philosophy of the Tao, the Taoist system, and also the philosophy of the yogic system to be able to bring in um, a more existential approach to the psychology. This work to be general to explain self-inquiry, self-inquiry is about integration of the self, integration of oneself. What we learn today by the last five to 10 years of modern psychology, we see that there's a new consensus coming up that's going beyond diagnose, but understanding more the wholeness of the soul, the wholeness of the psyche, which is another word for soul, which is used in psychology. And what we see is that most of humanity, most of individuals, are split within through childhood experiences, through trauma, through having moments and events in their life pass by that hasn't been integrated emotionally. We see that most of us, we we walk around with what we call certain shadows in our psyche. And my experience is that it is this separation within which is causing 
most of our challenges in how we perceive the world and the quality of our relationships with the people around us and and the planet itself. So self-inquiry is about exploring, investigating the mind without putting a diagnose, but more understanding the wholeness of the psyche and, and how can this be integrated on an individual level. Yes, so this is a very contemporary topic for me nowadays because I think that um, you know the problem of 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 the shadows or the pain bodies or the hungry ghost or the psychological psychological notes or whatever you want to call this kind of um, resistance in your psyche um, I think has led the situation in planet earth today <laughs> so Let's let's unpack it a little bit. Can you elaborate? So, what, what's a typical situation of um, of the creation of the shadows? When we are born, when we come into this world, into our body, we come in with a soul or a psyche that is here to develop. It is here to develop through different stages of consciousness. We can see this in in normal traditional Western psychology, but we can also find many of these teachings in the yogic system in the evolution of consciousness um, through the development of what they are what's referred to as the chakras so the main what i've learned is that through the ancestral heritage of our mother and father primarily or the main caretakers and role models as we grow up what i've learned to see is that um as a child we are completely open and receptive we trust uh, our caretakers to be safe and through that connection we have to adapt ourselves for our survival and this adaptation comes with a price meaning anything that is transferred through the relationship with our mother or father or the other caretaker specifically heavy emotional experiences senses of neglect which is very normal in the western society abandonment or or even abuse physical or emotional abuse these circumstances during childhood they leave a mark and as a child and the consciousness of a child is growing up it gets several dents from these experiences and if these experiences are not integrated meaning if there is a neglect or an abuse that goes on for a longer period of time what happens is that these parts within ourselves they can separate from ourselves a shadow can be looked at as a lost part of ourself a part that lives in the unconscious realm of our mind and is still experiencing the initial trauma or the initial emotion that happened at that time so what happens is that as the child as the consciousness grows older this part is forgotten it's suppressed many most of us when we go through this experience what happens is that we we have an uneasy body an uneasy mind and we try to escape or manage it somehow either through drugs or other abuse or through working too hard or working too little um once we come into adulthood these old remains of this shadow 
still operate within the unconscious realm of our psyche. And what we experience there is that we project these experiences from very, a varying age. We can ex project them into our current reality. And then we come into a conflict either with our spouse or with our work or with our health or with our children. Very often, always there is a connection in the psyche and, and usually it's quite old. So I think that starts to unpack it. And if we would go further, we would look at the specifics of how this is transferred through the father or the mother and how that again projects itself out on male or female relationships as we as we become older. Yeah, this is this is very important. So I just wanted to to reiterate and maybe use another metaphor that uh, Gabor Mate used. You mentioned neglect and abuse, either physical or emotional, and then there is different degree. Um, Gabor Mate used this um, this metaphor that you know we humans need we have two basic needs, which is authenticity and attachment because you know in the savanna when you know we needed to be really authentic and trust our instinct not to be eaten by the saber to tiger and then we need attachment because you know for the first one or two years we can just go we can't walk around on our own even you know we're not like a horse that the day is born it can just run away so gabor says that as we go through life there's a moment where as you say especially in western society parents get distracted and, and the neglect start. At that moment, the kid, as a coping mechanism, change, lose his authenticity to get the attachment back. And that loss of authenticity creates a fracture, a neurological fracture, that then, if not taken care of, then might result in anxiety, depression, addiction, and, 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 and the, you know, the shadows that, that, that you were talking about. So this is very important, and um, let's um, let's finish maybe with your model, with the third one, and then I want to go back um, about the intensity of this trauma. But let's finish the theory of your model, and then I want to ask you more questions about the the applicability and the the practice. So point number three. I mean, it seems your model like mind, body, spirit, right? Okay, so let's go with spirit. <laughs> what, what was the third, the third, the third chapter, the third silos? So the the third principle is deep mind technology, and deep mind technology, it is in other words, it includes energy medicine, it includes the biomagnetic properties of the body. So I like to say that. Although we exist in a physical form, we also exist in a wave form. Um, this is regarding what is called the human energy field. So in energy medicine, when we look at the meridian body in Chinese medicine, and we look at the chakras and the auric fields, the auric fields is what creates the aura, which is around the, the human body. When we incorporate these electromagnetic properties to the human body, and we go into the teachings of the East, we can see that our health, not only physical, but also mental health, is deeply connected to the harmony and balance of the energetic flows of this human energy field. Most blockages that come from trauma, 
So most traumatic experiences that leave emotional imprints in our body exists energetically. Uh, as an example, that's why acupuncture is so effective to treating trauma on a physical level, on a somatic level, because it engages the energy which is stuck. Something that psychology has tried for a long time to do through talk therapy, but essentially, um, my belief is that there is a need for another dimension to step into medicine to be able to approach our physical health from an energetic level. But so maybe elaborate a little bit when you say um, the energetic body, the meridians. For me, it wasn't super clear for me. So maybe it needs to be clarified for our audience. Yeah, absolutely. When, when we talk energy medicine, it, it is a new language for most people. So let me give some metaphors here because this is a this is a whole universe in itself of medicine so let me give some um, feedback so we can unravel this so let's start with the meridian system of the body we call them the rivers of light in Chinese medicine I'm sure most of our listeners have seen the the acupuncture doll this uh, doll that has all these lines running through the body with different numbers Those are the meridians. Those are the meridians. What is the etymology of the word meridians? Where does it come from? There are meridians also of planet Earth, correct? Yeah, so, so meridians are essentially energy lines. If we keep this to the body, what we are seeing in Western science, because Western science is still catching up to be able to document this 5,000-year-old system of, of medicine that comes from China. So... The meridians are energy lines that lay on top of the lines and nerves of the central nervous system. The meridian lines are the energy pathways that receives the life force or the chi, which then is metabolized into bioenergy for our body. Receive from where? So in the Chinese uh, system and also the shamanic system, our body and our energy body is part of a universal energy. So in acupuncture, as an example, when we place the needles in the meridian lines, these needles, they work as catalysts. They work as receivers of what is referred to as qi or life force energy. And through the needles, the energy comes into the meridian and activates the flow of energy through a particular meridian line. Now, this metabolizes into the physical body. So the the, the most famous structure of meridian lines would be the, the 12 core meridian lines. And these run through the different organs of the body. So if we have uh, trouble with cardiovascular health, digestion, liver, kidneys, etc. In the Chinese system, these all have unique properties and they are connected through the meridian lines. So through channeling energy through these lines, we can remove blockages and improve the overall flow energy and health of an organ. Um, this is the incorporation of the meridian structure. So just to give a little bit more insight, if we go into Chinese medicine, Chinese medicine is going to be uh, distributed by three main lines of medicine. 
One is acupuncture. The second is qigong, which is a practice, a physical practice of energy medicine to again increase the flow of qi through the meridians. And the third system is herbology, which is um, a form of plant-based medicine, which also engages the meridians and, and the health of the organs. So these three lines of medicine that, that encompasses Chinese medicine is all regarding the energy flow of the human body. To finish, when you incorporate the Chinese system of medicine with the Andean shamanic system of energy medicine, you come to a complete system. So the latter, the shamanic energy system, it contains the health of the energy centers in the body, which we refer to as the chakras, and also the electromagnetic field that each chakra produces. It's called an auric field. And these auric fields are enveloped around the body, creating what we call the auric field or the aura. There's so much to share within this realm. Uh, okay, but just to, just to simplify a little bit, um, because unfortunately our Western reductionist materialist um, approach doesn't recognize chi. <laughs> I mean, the life force, I mean, chi is primordial energy, is like primordial consciousness. Where, where does, when you say our meridian receive the life force, from where? So let's go deeper into this. I think it's worth it. <laughs> if we look into the latest studies and experiments in quantum physics, here there is coming a, a consensus that we exist both as a wave and as a particle. Um, when we look at experiments such as the double slit experiment, I'll repeat, double slit experiment, it can be found on YouTube. When we look to these, these studies, we see that, okay, we all matter also exists as a wave. Now, in Chinese medicine, and in the shamanic energy systems, they come from a belief that our physical body is constantly being created through a wave function. Meaning our body, although we seem to be solid as matter, we are in fact energy. We're energy vibra vibrating in different rhythms and frequencies. So when we go to the shamanic teachings, a soul or a being is first of all an energetic being. That energetic being is constantly being created through a stream of energy that comes from above and that streams down our energy body. From above, from, because above from us is different from above in Australia. I mean, from uh, the universe. The universe. So from, from the universe, when I say above, we could use um, the heavens, the we heavens. can use the center of our galaxy, we can use different terminology. But so would you call it cosmic consciousness? You can call it cosmic consciousness. I think, I think an overall term is consciousness. Um, and in the Chinese medicine system, they use the term universal life force. So they refer to that all plants, all uh, animals, all human beings, and, and all planets, we are governed by a universal life force that feeds us energy. Um, 
to explain where it comes from, it's 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 like going into the the almost like the chicken and the egg. Um, Western society cannot tangibly prove the existence of chi or life force, and it's more through a direct experience that you can start to comprehend and feel into the sensitivity of of this realm of of our existence. Yeah. but so. Forgive me if I'm, I, I might go a little bit on a tangent, but this is a theme that it's important for um, for our listener, for us. I mean, at Mango, at Mango TV, we have now a series of um, of podcasts, a solo cast about the um, this this difference between um, the you know has matter came after mind or mind came before matter. Just just to clarify, there's this. Contemporary philosopher Bernard Castro has been writing now about about idealism. So this is this is this is what 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 I want to share. Um, in our scientific materialist paradigm, our modern science believes that consciousness came from matter. From when when the, there was the Big Bang, then there was a single cell amoeba, then there was then as the brain reach a certain amount of complexity, then it created consciousness. The other alternative that has been coming through through you know quantum physics and quantum mechanics and, and parapsychology and transpersonal psychology is this idea that no, it's not really uh, realistic that this blob of three pounds of gray matter has created consciousness. Consciousness came before it was a universal consciousness that created matter and so are we talking about the same thing is you know the east always thought that you know believed in reincarnation in the um, immortality of the soul so what this chi this life force is is basically what this new quantum theories this new western paradigm believer acknowledge as being the creator of consciousness is is that correct yeah you can say that the ladder uh, theory is aligned with what we teach in energy medicine if i if i can add because there is in the native american teachings so i'm talking from north america all the way to south america the unified teachings which come from what is referred to as the medicine wheel they have a very specific teaching that is called the four layers of perception. When they share these teachings, they're essentially talking about the four different dimensions of being a human being. And in this kind of hierarchy of dimensions, they refer to as the body, as the the ultimate, the last frontier. This is where all the energy manifests in our physical reality in the time space of now. So when we talk about Pachamama, Pachamama in, in Quesho translates to time space here, this, this moment right now in our physical body. And in the teachings, the second layer dimension of perception is called the the realm of the jaguar which is the mental realm they say that everything that is existing in this physical reality has first come from the perception of the mind and and they go deeper to to wrap it up they go to the third level of 
awareness, of perception, which is called the level of the soul or the level of the hummingbird. And this is um, uh, the level of the mind, as an example, it exists as beliefs, as perceptions, as thoughts, as projections. But when we go in one dimension under to the dimension of the soul, the dimension of the spirit, here there are only images, emotions, and imprints from the past. More specifically, imprints from the unconscious realm of the collective consciousness of humanity. This goes deep. The fourth dimension, the ultimate dimension, which is represented by the ego in uh, the medicine wheel, this dimension is pure energy. It is pure source. It is unmanifested potential that holds the infinite um, possibility for any given moment in time. And this is where these teachings say that everything spawns from, from the infinite void of consciousness. Yeah, this is very interesting. <clears throat> so, so we, you know, you described your model. You know, we started this conversation talking about your holistic research for evolution, and um, you you created this 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 um, three principles. So the um, epigenetic and and uh, you know biocellular upgrade, um, the self inquiry looking at the East, uh, methodology of the East linked to the, you know, the, your pain bodies, like Eckhart Tolle would call them, or the ghost, or the hungry ghost, the shadows. And three, the deep mind, which has to do with the energetic side of things. Did I summarize properly? Yeah, that's correct. I, I, I like to say that I, I didn't come up with this. This this came through me, uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a constant stream of this, this teachings. Okay, so... Um, this is a theoretical base of your work, but so how do you know you are you are a therapist, right? What is your goal? Is um who are your clients? Let's start this way. Who, who come and see you? They come for help. What is the typical situation uh, that you encounter in your in your clients among your clients? So I would like to to start with sharing that um, the work that I do and offer the the, the core reason for it is that I. I know that the planet and humanity, we're going through what's called an, an evolutionary leap. We're going through a, an immense accelerated growth. And then this is something that started many years ago. And, and right now we're in the depths of this, this shift. And what I believe is happening is basically that the, the unconscious realm of humanity, so the unconscious realm of our mind, all the suppressed um, information that is there is coming to the surface on an individual level or on a collective level, which is essentially the same. And I have been shown that I have been prepared and brought here to help to, to, to play a part with thousands of other or beings to support individuals as they start waking up to their own unconscious and, and have to go through this immense suffering and difficulty that is reflected in their lives. So my clients are all of the above. They are from all parts of the world. They are from all ages, going down to late teens, all the way up to their, 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 their sage years, their, their 60s. Um, usually 
I'm approached or, or recommended to an individual because they're having problems in their life. Very often these problems are patterns that they recognize. They can see that they're in a loop with their spouse or with their kids or many of them they go through drastic amount of change in one time. It could be losing loved ones, a career that, that, that collapses or their health that collapses or all of the three in one go and they come to me in a point of crisis where they are lost lost for answers or or direction in how to approach their life yeah, it's very interesting um yes so let's if you don't mind um give us a practical example so that people can resonate or, or um someone that um i don't know if we should start you know I don't know if I can use the example of a, of a, of a someone with an addiction do you do you do you work with the have you had the clients with addiction okay so without any names of course but can you can you take our listener through um, a journey with you if if someone has a as a an addiction issue yeah i can i i would like to incorporate that Um, of course, working with addiction is is different because the the physical body and and the the realm of the mind can be very deteriorated through many years of of, of working with particular addictions. But I would like to add that the framework that I offer it is very similar if we're working with addiction anxiety, or, or anxiety, depression, depression etc. PTSD. Exactly, and. The work that I offer is, first of all, to create a safe space for the individual that I'm working with. Um, these shadows, the, these different terminologies for the lost parts of the psyche, what they are initially looking for is a safe space where they can be felt and where they can be seen and heard. And together with that, some structured guidance and roadmap on how to move through it and, and evolve. So when I work with a client, I, I, I make them aware that this holistic approach through the three core principles, it's a bit different than going to a normal psychologist. Uh, the difference is that I work with a very progressive and accelerated approach. So I would first uh, take a client through an overall assessment getting to know each other understanding if the chemistry is right if the if the client feels safe and comfortable and if we can establish that foundation then i would set up protocols from the three core principles adapted to the client so that they can start the process now a lot of this work when we work with self inquiry when we work with the self a lot of this work especially in addiction uh, is around disassociation from the body and the mind mm, so what i'm saying is that and this this accounts for most of us is that we are not able to stay in our body we are not able to connect to our body which is an essential part of ourselves because the levels of emotion and, and 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 arousal in the body is too intense to be there so the separation very often starts there mm -hmm. and to approach this we use the biocellular upgrade uh, 
to set up a tailored practice so that the client can slowly start to work through the amounts of stress which is held in the body, creating more space, uh, more flow, and, and slowly being able to come in again and, and, and prepare oneself to start touching upon the wounds uh, that are left from trauma. And trauma is widely used today, I like to say capital T or, 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 um, or a small T, but overall when I talk about trauma, I talk about these imprints on the soul, these, these stains that has caused separation. And that is overall existing in, in any client I work, only in different degrees. Yeah, which, is, which is neglect and abuse. Yeah, so there, there are different ways. The, the, the abuse is very obvious. Uh, when you work with clients, we in Genesis, we work with a format that uses a specific type of questioning to create an, a map of the psyche, a map of the inner world of the client. And here, when they answer the questions and they start to regress back into the past, uh, trauma is always the most obvious one. Because, of course, if you have been beaten or abandoned or, 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 or treated uh, harshly, it's very clear. Um, neglect is more subtle. Most of my clients that I meet, they they that have experienced neglect ne- neglect are unaware that they were neglected. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but it's neglect is a traumatic uh, event, right? Yeah. So where were we with um, with um, with the explanation? So clients come, you know, we said we said the example of addiction, but uh, can be other form of of of, of issue like um, anxiety or depression or. I think also lack of direction, midlife crisis, heartbreak. I think all kinds of situations that create a sense of uh, confusion, feeling disoriented, feeling alienated, um, comes to you. And so the first step is the the physical bioremediation to basically heal the the trauma that is physically in your body. Yeah, yeah, correct. And the, the and the physical protocols that we start with, they're a preliminary foundation and those evolve with other types of techniques, particularly meditation, which we use um, focused in the self-inquiry work. So the way that we work is to work within the subconscious and unconscious realm. We coach our clients when they're ready, when they've been prepared properly, when the whole story of the past has been uh, illuminated, when they're conscious about where the wounds and the traumas are. Mm-hmm. We use meditation and a form of mental journeying. It's it's almost like time travel, where we yeah, got like a like a trance, like hypnotic state. Uh, well, it's it's hypnotic, but you are fully conscious and, and you guide it yourself through the facilitator. But it's it's a process that's guided to take the client consciously back to the core emotional memories, the core traumatic memories, and change the meaning, change the the neural networks of how this was established by re-experiencing it through the use of imagination and through the use of, of adding new information into the memory so the perception changes. 
Um, this is one of the ways that, that we work a lot with clients, preparing them physically and mentally to be able to take that journey within and start to change the meanings of their emotional experiences. Yeah, this is very interesting and very important. You describe what also is called psychodrama, you know, where, where in this type of group therapy, you are asked to basically the participants are actors and they reenact the traumatic event in childhood. And so you now have the opportunity to play the eight years old you with the knowledge you have now and to respond to that situation when you are receiving the, 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 the traumatic behavior. That can, be, that can be very healing also. But so just to be a little bit more practical again. So someone comes to you and what is the, I know it depends on the case, the case by case, but on average, this treatment, the three principle, how long does it take? Can it be, uh, which part can be done in person, which part can be done online? Just practical issue for people that are interested to maybe reach out to you. So this journey that I'm referring to, the work that I offer, it is not only to deal with the extremes and the emergencies of a person's life. It is to coach them so that they can come into alignment with themselves. It is about the evolution of their being. So the first part of this work has to do with shadow work, with the unconscious. It's about bringing the, making the unconscious conscious, uh, establishing a healthy body that is strong, centered and grounded, and, and a centered mind. This is the preliminary basis of, of any type of, of personal work. And this, in my experience, can take from, depending on the individual, but my personal experience is that shadow work today is ranging between 12 months up to 36 months. It can take three years to work through the unconscious. Um, and, 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 and we're working layer by layer and, and the deeper one goes, the more layers come up and it, it, takes, it, it takes its time to, to unravel a lifetime of, 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 of suppressing. Um, and simultaneously with that, what happens, so we have what's called the unconscious, but we also have what we call the superconscious. And parallel to the shadow work, to the inner work, at some point during this timeline of one to three years, one usually starts to receive more insight. So as the brain starts functioning properly again, what I mean is as the brain goes from being in a lower mammalian state, as, it's at, as it evolves from being in a reactive emotional state and it connects more to the frontal lobes and the newer parts of the brain, the client starts to step more into vision uh, state states of consciousness starts to understand more the the cohesion of all their experiences all the suffering and pain and how this starts to transform into becoming specific gifts their 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 keys to their purpose here in life so the work goes from from deep shadow work and 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 and, and difficult emotional work to becoming one of alignment and and and, and purpose and direction and that last part, it takes a lifetime. That, that's why 
I personally believe we're here is to find that alignment and focus and bring it all the way to the last uh, days we have yeah. here on Earth. I mean, this is very important. I really would like our listener to really understand that, um, you know, healing is takes a lot of work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one another metaphor that um, helped me understanding to what extent is difficult to rewire your brain. And they say that, you know, traumatic event, they, 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 they like, create a certain neurocircuitry, right? And this neurocircuitry can be seen as, you know, those tracks when you do cross-country skiing, you have these deep tracks, right? You have your little ski and they're stuck in these deep tracks. And it's fine, you go fast and the ski are held by this track, right? So if you want to get out of a situation of anxiety or addiction or post-traumatic stress disorder or inability to connect with others or inability to love and be loved or all this mental condition that we discuss, it's like, you know, you need to get out of these deep tracks and put this little ski out of the, those tracks and stay out long enough to build new one that then can become comfortable. And as you can imagine, I can you see you can see visually trying to get this little ski out of those tracks. It's very easy to be sucked in because it's much easier to be on the on the familial neurocircuitry. So that's you know I'm not gonna go into a rant in in in, in modern psychiatry because of course if you are suicidal maybe those prescription medicine this SSRI that can save your life for sure. But, you know, this idea of having a pill per day and solve the problem, it's its just not realistic. You know, you need to put the effort to reward the brain. You know, there, there is a branch in psychology called transpersonal psychology. Are, are you familiar with that? And is this approach a little bit overlap with yours? Or, or are you familiar with Stan Grof? And of, it started with, uh, with, uh, with Maslow, right? Was the founder of transpersonal psychology. Can you comment a little bit on that and maybe make a parallel with your principles? Mm, I can. Actually, we, we have just handpicked a new self-inquirist, a, a new facilitator for Genesis, and, and she is trained in transpersonal psychology. I I'm not say surprised. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I have so many terms for this. I, I sometimes call it the psychology of the soul. What what we are essentially looking for here is a branch of psychology that can go as deep as possible to acknowledge that there is a soul, that there is a self, and to come and bring in all the different tools from the different forms of psychology that we have today, the different types of treatment, and bring those into a holistic functioning um, psychology. And and I feel that transpersonal psychology has come very close into doing this. Um, the overall terms are the same, whatever field that we're working in, but it's, it's essentially this acknowledgement of the soul the acknowledgement of the needs of the soul, or the needs of the psyche that go beyond giving a diagnose and a specific treatment. Because if we look more holistic, more holistic, if, if you go into to today, today and at least the last 10 years uh, and before it was, it's, it was a huge challenge, psychologists had to give a diagnose to give treatment. And, and most clients, they would get three, four, five, six diagnoses and they would be medicated in this realm. And and what transpersonal psychology can do is to bring these together to see these are only streams, these are only threads, they're, they're patterns of symptoms. And when you can bring them together into the story, 
into the childhood story, you can create a overall understanding. And it's in that understanding the clients has a chance to start healing because they do not become labeled, rather they see, and when they see, they realize, and when they realize those sle uh, ski slopes you talked about in the brain, those neural networks, they fire off and they start shifting based on new realization. Yes, this is very interesting. You know, Stan Groff used to say that Freud was fishing sitting on the back of a whale because the Freudian analysis would only start from your biography, so when you were born. It was not, they were not looking of what happened during birth. You know, a lot of uh, trauma can start between, you know, the, the way you were born, if it was an emergency uh, delivery of, you know, an harmonious one, and then all the stuff that comes either from previous life or from the collective unconscious from this um, you know cosmic consciousness or or, 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 or source or, or whatever you want to call it so for me it's very important to to hear your point of view because um, you know we definitely you know psychiatry and psychology has been stuck for the last I don't know 50 years and um, and now with the Things like you know a, a, a more opening uh, and uh, and uh, you know less 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 uh, um, you know the the the, the legalization of, of of psychedelic medicine that has helped to um, to go behind behind the mind into into some sort of um, ancestral memories and and so this. Let, let, let me let me let me ask you what do what do you think and how, how what do you think about um, this um, psychedelic medicine and um, how can they be integrated into um, into into therapy? I love this question, Giancarlo. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> it was a little bit convoluted. <laughs> so so I would like to give it an introduction because you know we we talk about the different types of psychology and our wounds and and. This whole story of, of the suffering of humanity, and this is what I believe as an introduction to, to why the plants are here. So when we look at the cosmology of the Andean shamanism, they have a story about the soul and reincarnation. And this story of the soul, it is deeply connected to these four layers of perception that I mentioned previously. So, in short... Maybe repeat real quick the four layer of perception. So the four layers of perception are the four dimensions of, of, of being that we have. We are our body in this physical world. We are our mind with our thoughts, perceptions and projections. We have a soul, and the soul has memories and emotions. And when we come to that third level, the level of the soul, the memories that we carry, and it, it is the memories and the energy the emotion in the memories that are driving the mind. That means whatever belief one carries, whatever projection that comes from that, negative thought patterns, self-limiting beliefs, they come from the energy of a memory and the emotion in that memory. So I'll give you an example, um, abstract. Uh, a mother says to the child, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. You're never gonna be good enough. 
those memories and the feeling of shame, the feeling that was in, 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 infused in the child, those are stuck there as memories. And then 30 years later, the mind is going, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm never going to make it. But that's an echo from that level of the unconscious. Now, where does this come in into the cosmology of the soul? The cosmology of the soul teaches us that when we came into this life, when we came in with an incarnation, when we came to this life with the core lesson that we were here to learn, that lesson came as what is called a karmic imprint in our field. So when we incarnate into a body, this light body, these chakras and this, this light part of ourself, it incarnates, it comes into the physical body. And when it comes in, it carries a seed. It carries a holographic imprint of information that is brought from a past life. So why is this essential? It's essential because the cosmology and the teachings of this shamanic lineage says that it is that seed of energy. It is that seed of consciousness. It's that seed of information from a past life and from the ancestor that holds the whole quantum potential of creating a life experience. So the traumas that we experienced, they can be seen as horrible events and when they're unhealed, but when they're processed and understood and realized, they become the reason why we incarnated. It's not a coincidence what's happening to you, wherever you are, whatever you're, you're experiencing, it's not a coincidence. Once you start going into this journey and this healing, you will realize that this is one of the core reasons why you're here. Life is not just about money, about conquer. It is about approaching the unconscious parts of ourself. And in that quest, we can find ourselves. And when we find ourselves, we can transform. And then everything comes into great meaning. That's what the lore is telling us. Um, to, to finish... I know you asked about plants, so I, I will come to that. But to finish, we have so many prophecies in the world today that come from this same type of cosmology. They're speaking of a time on Earth today where we are going to suffer because we have karma or unconscious, unresolved themes inside, inside us. So Giancarlo, you ask about plant-based medicines and what my, what's my relation to that? I can see a stream. I can see a stream of humanity, of the consciousness of humanity. I see trends the last 30 years. I see yoga exploding, plant-based and vegan food exploding, psychology radically changing, our understanding of the genome and our, our physical body changing. I can see an evolution. And because we were at our rock bottom, from a, from a state of consciousness. The plants from the South American traditions, the Chinese practices and the yogic practices, all this is streaming into the Western world to support us in this immense evolution that we're going through. So plants, medicinal plants play a vital role here because Western uh, pharmacology has taken the wisdom from the plants, patented it, and transformed it into synthetic chemical medication. 
but we know that biologically that's not in resonance with ourselves. So it's a big difference from consuming a plant to consuming a pill. And in that realm of plants, we have plants that epigenetically inform our genes, switches on our genes and makes us heal and grow. And we even have plants that work with the psyche, that works with the mind, that helps us expand our awareness, come into a different state of consciousness and come into the deeper hidden parts of our mind where we can find these shadows, where we can retrieve these memories and these lost parts of the soul and bring them back into integration. I'll, 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 I'll use that as an intro, Giancarlo, and I'm sure you want to direct this with your vast interest and, and knowledge about this I theme. I just want to see, you know, you're familiar with recent study with these new machines, right, with the functioning magnetic resonance imagery. So they've seen what's happening in the brain with this family of tryptamines, psilocybin, LSD, DMT, mescaline. What happened is that it reduced the blood supply in three key areas of the brain that are hubs from other parts of the brain. That is, they call it the default mode network. And, you know, in Michael Pollan's book, you know, my listener, they heard me saying that many times. In the Michael Pollan, Pollan book, he um, calls the default mode network like the director of the, um, of the orchestra of the brain. So when you take this tryptamines, the blood supply is reduced. It's like the conductor goes to bed. So it's Michael Pollan says that the default mode network is the closest thing we have identified to the ego. To the ego, it's like your egoic armor. It's like this, this, this tight in your brain with your conditioning, with your ego, with your you know, with your identity, gets softened. And so I wanted to see if you could could comment. I mean, I can see intuitively how the work of a therapist can be facilitated by a weakened ego. You said that some of this trauma create this uh, very strong bond between the memory and the emotion. You know, like an example which is very easy to access. Imagine you're like a kid, you're five years old, and this dog is barking, and you hear barking, 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 and then it bites your leg, and you have 20 stitches, and so you go for the rest of your life with this strong connection between barking and pain. So every time you see a dog, you jump. What happened with this, with this tryptamines, with this psychedelic medicine, you know, it reduces that memory in, in your in by reducing the default mode network, and so therapists can then have an easier access to the subconscious material. Do do you resonate with that? Yes, I I do. I I am intrigued that uh, Western neuroscience is is making the connections for us, uh, specifically when it comes to document uh, the role of medicinal plants in the work of the mind. Um, what I want to add, so so this was one of the core aspects of the vision of Genesis Holistic Medicine, because what I saw, I saw a world that was approached by the South American lineages of shamanism, particularly the tribes that come from the Acre state in the Amazon and, and Westerners bringing these uh, classical shamans to the Western world. But what I saw was that many was going to ceremony and, and they did not know the shaman. They did not know the people there. And they 
just came for a night of experiencing something which was an experience, but that didn't have a a long-lasting effect. And I saw this big trend and I understood and and part of my own vision that I was guided to, to start creating was that we needed a Western format, a Western language to be able to explain what happens when we work with with medicinal plants and a framework for how to actually work in therapy with medicinal plants. And and this is part of the three core principles. This is part of the self-inquiry and how it bridges to the deep mind technology. So if we work with medicinal plants in psychotherapy through neuroscience, we can see that there is something going on. We can see that we are connecting to higher cortical networks, meaning we're going from mammalian reactive um, state of mind and connecting to the neocortex and the frontal lobes, which are the newest parts of the the evolution of the brain. Um, We can look at the fight, flight or freeze response and what's called the HPA axis. The HPA axis, the um, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis is, is how the fight or flight response is generated and we can see new connections and 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 disconnections from memories that hold trauma and emotion and their connection to this hp axis i think all this is fascinating and it's helping us a lot at the same time i would like our listeners to to understand that working with medicinal plants in a psychotherapeutic manner it must also incorporate an understanding of energy medicine and the shamanic energy teachings. And the reasons for this is that once you walk in to a treatment uh, consisting of using medicinal plants, you are no longer just within the realm of the mind. You are walking within an expanded state of consciousness where time and space are no longer relative to the same way as your conscious mind perceives it. In other words, the electromagnetic properties of your being will come to play. Your connection to your ancestors will come to play in a, in a, in a way that so far Western psychology hasn't fully understood we look at attachment and codependency. Codependency is a, is a famous term in psychology. It's a result of trauma. And when you work in, in the field of, of uh, psychotherapy with medicinal plants, codependency takes on an energetic form. It is not only a, a, a boundary of the mind, it is a boundary of your whole being. We can be we can be talking for hours. It's we've been together already, you know, seventy minutes. Um, I think I would like to wrap it up, not to not to put too much. Um, we call it like an introduction to the. How do you call this uh, your practice? Um, do you have a name? It's or just the Genesis method. So so we are an established organization. We're called Genesis Holistic Medicine. We are uh, just now in 2023, we are launching a new website. And very excitingly, we're launching a private, decentralized online community where all these teachings are accessible for free. 
and also introductions to training programs and, and courses and, and the work that we, we offer. What's, what's the website? What's the URL? The URL is www.genesisholisticmedicine.com. Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll have we'll have all the information in the in the notes of the show. Um, listen, this has been amazing. I think that um, I'm very grateful to you and this new generation of psychotherapists that include spirit into the analysis of the of the mind. Um, thank you very much for being with us. Is there anything else? I feel I feel we haven't really discussed. Just take. Three minutes to explain Alberto Villoldo's work and how it affected you. So when I received uh, my um, first vision in 2017 about this, 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 this system of medicine, I called in all the help I could get. And um, on that path, once I developed the thesis and, and the, the manifesto of, of this system, uh, the first person that came in was... Um, my partner and great teacher in life, uh, um, a woman called Deepika. And Deepika, trained in Chinese medicine, over 20 years experience, also an alchemist and and working with medicinal plants in a very unique form of alchemy that I'm sure we can discuss in another in another time. Yes, with her with her maybe, yeah. With her maybe, yeah. So the way I came into with Alberto Violdo was that I first met him in two thousand nine uh, offering his shamanic teachings. Alberto Violdo, he is a very unique man. So he was one of the first anthropologists to infiltrate and be accepted by the Cuero lineage of shamanism that uh, exists on in the very top of the Andes Mountains in Peru. This particular uh, tribe is very unique from other shamanic tribes. So Alberto, he went to the Amazon in the early 70s. He spent 10 years in the Amazon studying ayahuasca with the ayahuasqueros. And during those 10 years, he started hearing about the great prophecy of the Queros, these shamans that came from the Andes that didn't work with medicinal plants, but that had their own system of energy medicine. And with that system, a great prophecy. So Alberto, he went in the late 70s up to the Andes. He was accepted by the tribe and he trained for 25 years with the elders of this tribe. And in the 90s, I don't remember exactly, in the mid 90s, Alberto, when his teacher died at the age of 90, Alberto was given the great prophecy of the Queros and to bring that into the Western world. So do I have time for a quick introduction on the Queros? Thank, Thank you. So basically, um, the Quero shamans, they hold an energy medicine system which is 30,000 years old. It comes from the Laika Indians. So about 30,000 years ago, uh, in, the, uh, in the mountains of the Himalayas, the shamans from here emigrated and they traveled on a great pilgrimage which went up through Siberia over the... Um, the the today Scandinavian nations over the glaciers and coming down through Alaska, Canada, and North America. Now, this pilgrimage, you see remains of it. The Eskimos, the Samilat people, the northern um, 
North American tribes of the Hopis uh, coming down to South America, the Mayans, the Aztec, and eventually the Inca Empire. So this lineage is, is renowned. And the Incas, they held this energy medicine system that incorporates the healing of the soul or the healing of the, the luminous energy field. About 500 years ago, when the conquistadors came to Peru and, and the Peru, then the Inca Empire was dissolved, disappeared, the few survivors, the few medicine men and women that was holding this lineage, they escaped to the Andes and they stayed hidden in the Andes through the conquistador and the Inquisition. They stayed hidden there to prevail, to keep this sacred knowledge for the time to come. So 500 years later, in the 1950s, they came down from the mountains and they started showing themselves again in the Andes in the Peru. And when Alberto trained with them and, and finished a training with them, he was given the prophecy. It is called the prophecy of Pachacuti, the prophecy of the time to come. Very similar to the Mayan calendar, very similar to the Hopi prophecy, uh, a great time of change where humanity would have to come into a deeper understanding of themselves. So Alberto started a university for shamans where he trained them in what's called the medicine wheel and the four cardinal corners of, of shamanic medicine, serpent, jaguar, hummingbird, and eagle medicine. And um, to bring the story to completion, I, I met him and I started working in 2009 with him. I worked a lot on the, his teachings on biology and the epigenetics in 2016. But it was in 2018 when I met Dipika and I was initiated with her type of alchemy. This is where I started to download, uh, receive in visions immense amounts of, of teachings and understanding of the medicine system I presented here today. And I understood I had to do a proper shamanic training to integrate a, a core platform for the energy medicine. And that's when I was directly brought back to Alberto Bioldo and I did his uh, largest training and in initiation, which is initiation into the Cuero lineage, where he, uh, this was a, a fast uh, course study I did, uh, about 600 hours with him and his school over a period of six months. And, and through that, I got to receive the teachings of the Queros. And what was remarkable, what I want to finish with today was the majority of the visions I received working in ceremony, working with uh, my partner and, and this alchemy. The majority of the teachings I received there, laying down with my eyes closed in form of pictures and, and, and messages, the majority of those teachings were exactly the same as what Alberto taught me through the Cuero lineage. I was baffled. I was, how can I sit in ceremony and receive from, from the ether, from above, this core information about the psyche? Everything I've learned in self-inquiry came from there. And when I then do my studies with my teacher, his curriculum, which is 30,000 years old, holds the same. I think I'll, I'll think I'll, I'll thank you so much for having me, Giancarlo. Yeah, and you're welcome. We could talk for days. I know, I so. know. There is there is room for part two, and uh, and we will. Thank you for coming, Lee. Have a great day. Coca sunarai sunarayanti. Coca sunarai sunarayanti. Coca sunarai sunarayanti.